What up, what up, everybody, and welcome back to On the Break, a basketball podcast brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I'm your host, J-Mac, and I'm in the studio with Josh VG. Good afternoon, Josh. What's up, man? No Kyle today. No Kyle. Me and Kyle are missing each other. I know. I'm, uh, you guys are doing the rotating seat thing. <laughs> He's just tri- You're just uh, testing us out to see which one you're going to keep, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, <laughs> Kyle's building in his own excuse by moving away. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. But, no, I'm Horrible, just, dude. I'm just Selfish. kidding. He'll be back next week. He's just mo- in the midst of moving and everything. So right, <laughs> he'll either be back next week or the week after that. But regardless, he'll be back really soon. Yeah. So how's uh, how's everything with you, man? Good, man. I'm uh, just coming back from... from our mini vacation, you know, I only got one day off for, from work, but, uh, it was good though. We're having some friends down excited for bowl games tomorrow. Definitely, man. Yeah. Jason's been writing a ton of blogs. We're actually doing a bowl game podcast pick them this afternoon. So, uh, we'll have that out later on today for everybody and talk a little bit of college football. Put me down for Oklahoma. All right. We got you down. Okay. We need next year. Whenever we do it, we'll, we'll have a little bit more of a professional setup next year, I think, and be ready for it a little bit better, but we're going to do like a big board. We're going to make all of our picks and, you know, I think it'll we'll kind of make a, an event out of it. Dude, I'm down for sure. I mean, if Ben can make an event out of eating like, you know, a bunch of Oreos, I think we can handle that. We're still supposed to get together and do that. We've got we've yes. got all kinds of challenges on the docket, and Kyle's moving away from us. I know, I know. We've He's, got Oreo challenges. We've got free throw challenges. Yeah, Kyle's just leaving, just dumping everything in our lap and taking off. <laughs> I know. He was afraid to lose the free throw challenge. So he was like, I'm, I'm getting the hell out of here. I can't blame him there. Can't blame him there. He wouldn't lose it to me. That That's all I can tell you. Uh, man, so it's been... Uh, I, I've, I've always loved Christmas time, but especially because I can tune into NBA all day. Uh, I love... So I wrote a blog about this the other day, but I love that the NBA has basically just taken over Christmas Day. Oh, for sure. It's awesome. You... Open presents and then turn on the um, TNT or ESPN, wherever it is. When it used it's to all, be, it's all over the different channels. It's not even just one channel. Yeah, it's ABC and ESPN since they have that TV deal together. But it's uh, it's one of those things too, where like in the past years, and uh, I can't remember when this changed, but I know they added a bunch of games to the docket this year because in past years basketball would start at like four or five or something like that, and they just do the the nighttime doubleheader thing. But now it's like starts at noon and goes all the way till West Coast games end. I love that. Yeah, I think I think in like 2008 they only had one game, or no, it was maybe been 2003. They only had like one game mm-hmm. on Christmas Day. Yeah. It was it, it was at the most two, you know. So yeah. last year I think they had a whole lot of games, but but I think it's yeah. they give a good variety of game. Like they, they gave a really good variety of games here. I didn't think that any of them were particularly bad. Yeah, at the and as, as a matter of fact, at the beginning of the season, let's look at let's look at what the what games were played. Bucks and Knicks, that was gonna be Giannis versus Porzingis, two yep. big time up and comers. Yep. Under Rockets, two contenders there. 76ers Celtics, the two best teams Given. at the this is all from the beginning of the season, obviously. Yeah. The two best teams in the East would be playing each other. Lakers, Warriors, LeBron versus um the best team in the West. And then Trailblazers <laughs> and Jazz, those were both supposed supposed to be top four seeds you know yeah exactly man i mean all, and all really ended up being pretty good games just in different ways so let's just kind of go down the list and talk about them real quick uh so everything kicked off with that milwaukee uh versus the knicks game Giannis looked great he went off for 30 points uh i, I mean overall i mean he kind of did it all in this chris milton had a pretty good day too kevin knox looked really good on the knicks side of the ball i thought yeah, dude, he um he's been really surprising to me. I think he's probably of all the rookies been the best under the radar player to me. Yeah. Oh, and I misspoke. It, 
Uh, Brooke Lopez had a good day, not Chris Milton. Chris Milton had 12 boards, though. But oh, Yeah, he no. shot 16% from the field, which is not what you want. Not great. But, not great. An off day yeah. for him, for sure. Yeah. But um, no, yeah. without Porzingis, Milwaukee easily handles that, you know. So it's uh, – it's tough to see New York going through this. They were supposed to be. It was for me. It was going to be a breakout year for them. Just if Porzingis could come back. What do you think of Tim Hardaway Jr.? Um, to be honest with you, that is the first time that I've actually watched him. Really? Yeah. Okay. He was. Yeah, he shot twenty-two percent for the field, so yeah. I couldn't really get a feel for he him. Did, he didn't look great. No, no. Vonleh looks good. Um, he was more impressive than me, obviously. And I've always liked Cantor ever since he was from OKC. He just seems like a sure. He seems like a real loyal person. Yeah, it feels like Tim Hardaway would be good in a place where he has actual development. I don't know yeah. if the Knicks and David Fisdale are probably the best for that process. I'm not sure though. But that, so is he? Let's see. Let me see. let's look at his contract situation real quick. Okay. He was only drafted a couple years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. He's really young. Um, oh, yeah. They signed him. So he – oh, that's right. So he signed that deal with the Hawks where he was, was like a four-year, $70 million deal, something like that, and ended up getting traded to the Knicks. The dude's still making 16. Pretty good. Uh, 16.5 mil this year. Yeah, that's awesome for somebody that's not – That great. Yeah, exactly. But, like that that's a max salary a couple like five to ten five to ten years ago, you know? Oh, for sure. And I mean you look not at, quite, but you look at his develop I mean, we talked about the development thing for just a second already, but like I mean his development surely wasn't good in Atlanta and it's definitely not getting any better in New York here. Yeah. Yeah. He's like. um that's that's a little expensive to him or for him to me. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't that you can get you can get his numbers from just about any shooting guard in the league as long as you give him the high usage rate. Correct. Correct. So, I mean, overall, though, you could feel that Milwaukee just, like, overpowered them. It happens so fast. Yeah, dude. And really, it's like, you, to stop Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee might have the best offense in the nation outside of Golden State. Actually, yeah. they do. They for sure do. They might have the best offense in the nation, period. Yeah. Because it's like, you can't, First off, Giannis might be the most unsolvable player in the league right now. Correct. What are your thoughts in regards to that? I 100% agree with that. Because I was just thinking of, because uh, if you could shoot, if you could shut him down, it's just like the James Harden thing. If you can yeah. shut him down, the rest of the thing is going to falter. It's just, I don't know how you do that. And I was just actually just trying to think of who in the league could do that, and I really don't know. Yeah, dude, like maybe... Not even Kawhi, dude. Giannis is so much bigger than Kawhi. Yeah, so um, much bigger. Yeah, like Kevin Durant's not strong enough. They were they were talking about in the, um, during that game. Um, God, was it Chauncey Billups that said it? But he was he was talking about whenever LeBron James gets into the paint, you're just almost afraid you're going to get hurt, and Giannis has turned into that. You're yeah. just almost afraid that you're going to get hurt just because of how big and strong he is. He's an absolute is, force. Yeah, which is crazy because he was this little bitty skinny Kevin looking Kevin Durant looking dude a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. And the other side of that too is, I mean, whenever he doesn't need to bully down in the paint, he can turn around and sh- shoot a jumper or a three with no problem. So it's like yeah. if you shut him down one way, he's just going to come attack you on the other side of it. It's impressive. And, yeah, and he's not even a great three point shooter. Like I wouldn't even say that he's a. He's probably an average three point shooter at best. He's only going to get better. Like it's not like he's hit his ceiling yet. 
And he's averaging, dude, that guy's averaging 12, almost 13 boards a game. That's so ridiculous. That guy is my number one for sure for MVP. Yeah, I agree. I think I agree with that. I mean, Budholzer knows how to use him properly, though, too, unlike Jason Kidd. Yeah, that pickup of Brook Lopez was actually a really, really good pickup. Whenever that first happened, I was like, he doesn't play defense. He kind of is a middle-end scorer, not really a great rebounder, but he's he's hitting pump fakes and then stepping to the side and shooting threes as a seven-footer. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. a big deal, and he's really found his stride there because he never really – he was a 20 and, 20 and 10 guy kind of, but it was never like a good 20 and 10. It was like a he was 20 and 10 because he was the only person getting used on the entire team on the nets, you know? Correct, yeah. And like so I'm looking at the numbers here. Giannis has, sh- has shot 13% from three when he's attempted – but he's only had he's had uh, seventy five attempts and only made ten of them. So in other words, they're not letting him shoot outside at all, though. Yeah, he doesn't. That's not really his game. It doesn't um, need to be. Did you say thirteen percent? Yes, 13, one three. Yeah. So I'm wrong. I, he is definitely not an average three point shooter. Yeah, that's but pretty in, bad. No, but, but in years past, though, he's been thirty to thirty five. So I mean, a little better than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still not. That's still not by any stretch of the imagination, his game no, or, or pull up. He's getting pretty good at the 13, 12, 13 foot fadeaway mm-hmm. or turnaround jumper. He's pretty good at that. And that's really his bread and butter. Whenever he's not driving um, is the post-up game. But uh, yeah, geez, 13% from three point line. That's bad. He's shooting 58% from the field though. Yeah, exactly. That's so, I mean, he's crazy. bringing back the Those jumper a little numbers. bit. Right. Yeah. He's bringing back the, the jumper a little bit, which is interesting. And that's his game. I don't know why they tried to use him outside ever, really. That's never really been his game. Yeah, it, that whole team, well, that whole team is is very big on um, passing the ball around the perimeter that's and true. just making the defense rotate a whole bunch, which is, I I like that. That's like, yeah. that's what the Warriors are. They tend to get a little bit more, the Warriors tend to get a, go a little bit more at the rim than the uh the Bucks do, besides Giannis, of course, but Chris Middleton's there to knock down threes. You know, yeah. um, Brooke Lopez is there to knock down threes. Bledsoe's going to knock down threes. That's what they do. They're almost like a, they're almost like a Rockets, except for their guy that's very ball dominant isn't a three point shooter. Like it's really weird, but it's yeah, really cool. That's true. That's a really good way to look at it too. Um, I guess that segues us into the and next... they play better defense. Oh yeah, true. I guess that segues us into the next one. Um... This one has true feeling for you, right? <laughs> um, kind of. To to be honest with you, um, so I was surprised we lost. It was a it was a choke game, and I actually went to the game before that where we played uh, Minnesota in Oklahoma City. I was at that game, mm-hmm. and we choked that one away as well. Um, we, I think, in the first quarter and the third quarter. We beat the dog out of them. And then the fourth quarter, um, no, maybe it was backwards. I think we made a comeback in the fourth quarter and choked it away on, they set a down screen for Paul George and he popped up to the top of the key. Mm-hmm. And Abrinas was throwing it in. He threw it in and I was watching from, uh, so my dad does this thing where he goes, okay, it's time to meet the crowd, time to meet the crowd. So you never get to see the end of the game. So you kind of hope it's just a blowout. But we went to the, um, like the little tunnels where you come in. And I was watching from the tunnels, and I saw Paul George like touch the ball with his hand and then drop it, and I just turned around. I was like, "There's no way that you can make the shot after you drop it like that." But it was with like 1.3 seconds left, so and he missed his shot. Apparently, I didn't see it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Yeah. but I mean, Russ looked good. Obviously, he had 
I mean, 21 points in the game. Uh, Paul George at 28, though. Paul George is wrecking, dude. And it, it's great to watch Russell Westbrook actually facilitate for that. Yeah, he's deferring to Paul George. So and, dude, Ru- there's something. So, Russ is averaging a triple-double, but there's something wrong with him. And I can't – I think it might be that he had twins this year because his shooting numbers are horrendous, dude. Have you, <laughs> have you looked at his statistics? No, but this is an incredible comparison or a, a parallel you're drawing here too. To Dude, I think I think it is that he had twin girls this year. Okay. Um, because he's shooting twenty four point eight percent from the three point line. Mm-hmm. He's shooting sixty one percent from the free throw line. Wow, really? That's, that's horrible. Yeah, and then he he's um forty two percent from the field. Uh, that's 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 really low for him. His career average is forty three and a half. But I mean, he generally shoot. It's not like he's shooting fifty percent from the field or anything like that. He yeah. generally is a volume shooter, but He's having a he's having the worst triple double year in the history of the league. <laughs> Go figure. But it's he's still I mean, he's still an all-star and he's still oh, yeah. is he in your MVP race? Probably. Does OK yeah. OKC have two MVPs? No, I think Paul George is in my my MVP race over Russ right now. Oh, for sure. He's in my he's over Russ for me, for sure. Yeah. But um are they both top five for you? No. No? Close, though. Real, yeah. Probably, if you gave it top seven, probably. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute, though, because we're going to do some all-star voting here in a little bit. Um, yeah, man. Uh, you know who really does not look great is Terrence Ferguson. Dude, I disagree. Really? He didn't look he's, great in that game. So, yeah, he's not an offensive player, but, man, he was he was shutting down James Harden for a couple of possessions. James Harden ended up with 40 points, right. but... So, <laughs> I mean. Um, but to be he, fair, that's not necessarily a Ter- Terrence Ferguson problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He he plays really good defense, which is what we ha- we need someone that's going to replace Roberson. If he could knock down a couple threes, he'd be 100% my vote of confidence over starting him over Roberson, even a healthy Roberson. What's the story with plays, Roberson at this point as far as injury goes? Dude, he's not coming back ever. I think he's I think he's done for forever. No. Really? Um no, that's not true. Um he's just having setback after setback. They're talking about him not coming back this year. Wow. Just playing it as safe as they possibly can. Yeah. Mm. That's a shame. Yeah, which he really, really, really comes in handy against the Warriors, who are who the Thunder should be looking at playing, you know, because he, you need somebody, you need somebody to shut down KD, and then you need somebody to shut down their spark plug, which is Clay Thompson, right? Because whenever the other guys don't show up, Clay drops 60 on you. Right. So, and he's, he's the one that does one of those two. And then you can generally get, uh, Paul George to defend the other one, and then you just have to worry about like Steph, right? No, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that which is a ridiculous. That whole thing. paragraph is ridiculous. Just naming off the people that you have to shut down in the Warriors to beat them. I know it's so upsetting, isn't it? Yeah, um, but but yeah, man. I thought that I, I don't know. I, I guess I just it didn't seem to me like his game had really taken a step forward. Terrence Ferguson, as far as who I'm talking about here, but it didn't feel to me like his game had taken a huge step forward, like I thought it would going into this year not offensively he's also yeah. he's a sophomore it's his second year in the league That's too true. so i'm not super worried about it um really defensively he puts in some really good minutes yeah that's true do you like hammy so far yeah dude i do i think he's a really good spark player off the bench that that team is one of the deepest teams in the league mm-hmm. yeah. quietly one of the deepest teams in the league i don't think a whole lot of people talk about it but uh your sixth man is schroeder who comes in and could start at just about anywhere in the league, right? Pretty much, yeah. Um, and then seventh is uh, Patterson. Yep. 
who comes in and drills threes from the from the um from the big man position. And then you have Hammy coming in who's a big time spark plug and provides scoring off the bench. That's a solid eight man rotation. Not to mention you can throw Nerlens in the mix if you can figure out how to work him in there. But the problem is yeah. it's hard to figure out where to work him in there. He's great as just a shot blocker and a rebounder, man. I saw a couple of he blocked uh I think he blocked Capella's dunk against the Rockets. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's just dude, if you can bring scoring in that man like Schroeder's manner off the bench and you can bring defensive intensity and block shots off the bench, that's a big deal. Yeah. And and really this team, they're not gonna light the world on fire offensively. Um, I think that's the finger of that that blame has to go 100% on Billy Donovan. Mm-hmm. They should have the players in order to light them up offense, light anyone up offensively. But dude, if you watch them play, it's very much like you get one pass and then you hope that that's a rotation or you have Paul George bail you out or Russell Westbrook bail you out. But there's never any like passing around and um, waiting for defenses to rotate themselves into exhaustion before mm-hmm. you get good shots or anything like that. It's one to two passes maximum. And that's and it turns into that's Paul coaching. George bailing somebody out. Yeah, that's coaching, one hundred percent. Yeah, they need to be they need to be moving the ball a lot more than they do. I did notice that a lot. It felt like they got caught standing a lot, things like that. Just not, almost not prepared. Prepared isn't the right word, but almost like a, a just like a relaxed feel or something. I don't really know how to describe it. Yeah, they. I mean, they just don't. There's no urgency. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, there's no offensive urgency. Their offense consists of pin downs, pick and rolls, and sometimes a dribble handoff. And there's not really much off that. There's no off-the-ball movement. There's There's nobody trying to get open for open shots whenever they don't have the ball. Um, And that's Donovan. That's Donovan's fault, for sure. Is, I mean, how's he being looked at right now? Still just middle of the road? They just extended him. Did they really? I didn't hear that. Yeah, they just extended him for another two years. Oh, dear. They must really believe in him then. They, they, I mean, so I'm – OKC came to – Clay Bennett took over OKC and moved it over to um, from Seattle to Oklahoma City. And he didn't really know what he was doing. It was kind of like he got – he he had these two superstars, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, that he knew that he needed to, like, control and needed to um, keep in the city for as long as possible. And he just – and he knew that they both, like, Scott Brooks. So he just kept signing Scott Brooks and kept re-signing him, just hoping to entice them into signing more and more contracts. Um, and it, and he finally, in the year before Kevin Durant's contract was up, said, we're not winning with Scott Brooks. We need to get rid of him. And in one year that he brought in Billy Donovan and they competed for a champ or Western Conference championship, uh, lost to the Warriors. And then Kevin Durant left. And now I think he's doing the same thing where Donovan's doesn't – if you watch OKC's offense and see the type of firepower that they should have versus what they do have and then watch other teams where you cannot convince me that this team isn't a more talented scoring team than, than Milwaukee or shouldn't be a more talented scoring team than Milwaukee. You can't convince me that this team doesn't have more firepower than Houston does. Mm-hmm. But they can't get it – they can't make it happen. You oh, know? I agree with that. I think they have more po- firepower than Houston does, really. Yeah, really. And, and Houston just shoots the lights out because D'Antoni's an offensive savant. Yeah, um, and he knows how to use Clint Capella in the right capacity. Yeah, exactly. So it's like Donovan gets these guys to play awesome defense. They have one of the best defenses that I've honestly ever watched. They have two people in the top five for uh, 
um, steals. Mm-hmm. Russ, Russ is number one in the league, and Paul George is number three in the league in steals. They have two pretty people good. in top three for steals. Yeah, pretty good. And then, yeah, it's unbelievable. They're leading the league in steals, and they're leading the league in defensive efficiency. Actually, they might be behind Boston, but um, their their defense is one of the best that I've seen in my my years of watching basketball. But they just can't get it done offensively, and that's solely Donovan's fault. It's killing them, man. It's really killing them. Because, and they have an opportunity here, too, because Houston's not that great overall. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. talked about it, and I'm, I make fun of the, the quote-unquote blueprint to beating a team all the time. But, I mean, if you can, again, if you can shut Harden down in some defensive capacity, you've got something going. But that takes two guys off the court almost. Yeah. So, it's Harden. So, let me ask you this. I was thinking about this when I was watching uh, – Actually, it was the game after this where Harden went for 50 or something like that. Yeah. Um, he went for another 40-point game. Um, is he the best scorer in the league? Right now, probably. Uh, yeah. Well, so, Well, the the other person would be KD. Oh, but I mean, Harden did that on like best. 35 shots, though. <laughs> I think yeah. that was Christmas Day. He scored 40 points, but it was on 35 goddamn shots. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was a lot of that was because of Ferguson. Right. So I'm just trying to think. I don't know who else would be so Durant Paul would George, be up maybe there. is Paul George up there he's got to be in the conversation for that yeah Paul George is averaging 26 and a half yeah so he's he's uh, yeah is offensively is Harden more unstoppable than KD no I don't think so yeah I think KD's got an all-around better game but we've Jay- never seen a player that has led the league in assists and points have we not that I recall. Yeah, I can't think of one either. And, dude, no. I, Harden might be. So, I think it was was it, it was Jalen Rose that said Harden was the most unique offensive player in the history of the league. Mm-hmm. The only dude, other person I, I could think that would be close to that would be Russ. Where you have the most point, you know what? points. Yeah, and, Russ did do that. Yeah, okay, right. that's what I thought. That, that jumped to my head, but I was like, well... That was his MVP season. He did do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, I, I don't I don't know that if you were to I think there's a real argument for saying that Harden's just as good of an offensive player as Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, historically, maybe not this year, has beaten him defensively mm-hmm. and is a better rebounder. But dude, Har- Harden, if you had somebody that you you said go out and get me 60 right now, would you choose Harden or Kevin Durant? To get you 60, I'd probably choose Harden, but it would have to be in that very specific spot that he's in in Houston where it's the run and gun thing because he's not that – he's not that's where he's utilized best. If you're talking to me about an overall all-around player, I don't – Oh, for sure. think that anybody would hesitate taking Kevin Durant there, but the 60 points thing, you'd probably still have to take James Harden, but it would have to be in that specific situation. Yeah, I think I have more confidence in James Harden knocking down 60 any given night than I do Kevin Durant. I would agree with that. But I would I would also say that Kevin Durant adds in different places. So Oh, for sure. He's a better defender. He's a better he's a better at everything else except for passing. And also I think that um Kevin Durant's more consistent. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Uh all right. Sixers, Celtics. This was not really a game until the very, very end. No, it wasn't. And as a matter of fact, that's they Celtics won by seven, but it was more of a it was a bigger gap than that. Yeah, it really was. I, um the Celtics actually excuse me, I was thinking of the the Warriors and the uh, Lakers. Um oh, yeah. 
that game, they went into overtime, but the Celtics blew it out in overtime. They were uh, the Celtics were shutting down Ben Simmons. Everybody's shutting is, down Ben Simmons, though. I mean, the dude's still what is he averaging right now? Let's see. Not what they need him to be. I can tell you that. No, he's had a he's had a slump for sure. He's still averaging. Uh, still shooting 58 percent from the field. Sixteen points, nine boards, and eight assists. Pretty good, but not. So, but not the guard they need. No, no. Jimmy Butler is the guard they need. They need. They need a guard that's scoring, and that's why they brought in Jimmy Butler is because they had to have somebody to spread the floor. Now they traded their two best three point shooters for that. Besides, maybe Embiid. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, that's yeah. He gets Ben Simmons get might be the most scrutinized player in the league with these types of numbers: sixteen, nine, and eight. That's crazy. Those are yeah, crazy good numbers. For, arguably the second or third year, however you want to look at that, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, senior. I guess that's true. It just feels like he's just being overshadowed, is what it is. He is, and it's just uh, it's a he's people are. I mean, we looked at it last year whenever they were playing Boston uh, um, in the playoffs, and I think I think I was the one that said, "Did it take the entire year for people to realize you just take five steps back from Ben Simmons and he can't do anything? Mm-hmm. He has to do it in the open open court." But I mean, Boston's doing the same thing. There's no way so. Boston got off to a slow start. They're they're still on their slow start. I don't think that they've lived up to what they potentially could be. But even if you gave me a seven day series between the Sixers now and Boston, I don't Boston. think there's any way the Sixers are beating them in that seven game series. I agree with that. Give me Boston all day long on that because I think overall they're a better rounded team. But I mean, you have more superstar power probably on the Sixers. But it just depends on the night. And you just the thing about the Celtics is you don't know who you're going to get. On any given night, you may have Scary Terry go off for 20, you know, or whatever. And that's that's rare. Now, I will say that Gordon Hayward does not look great and has continued not to look great. But I said at the beginning of the year, if you recall, I'm not going to throw in the panic flags until, like, into December. Here we are. And numbers weren't great in that game the other night for him. Yeah. I mean, he's. it's obvious that there's something wrong with him. He's playing timid. He's not taking the shots that he wants to take. He's not um, – He's not playing defensively like he used to play. He was never a set the world on fire defensively guy, but he could he could shut somebody down on any given possession or not shut them down, but he played good defense. He worked really hard. It doesn't seem like he's even working hard now. He seems scared is what he looks like. Exactly. He seems like he's favoring his leg, which I get. He snapped it in half on a freak accident play. I get that, but at the same time, you know, and that's why I wanted to give him, you know, time to shake the rust off, but at the same time they need him to start contributing big time. And they're not yeah. getting that at this point. So Ainge is pretty trigger happy and has always been pretty much like, I show no loyalty. I'm going to get the best player I can. Absolutely. Is he looking at making moves? Absolutely. He's always been looking at making a move. You think he should? Uh, right. Well, so the deadline's what, February 7th? So we still got a little bit of time. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed overall is just that they feel like they have too many players and too many people trying to do too much. And with Kyrie playing out of his damn mind, I mean, you still got to have, you still got to, I, I feel like the, the trade window as far as what they could trade is very small and limited because look at what happened last year when Kyrie went down and all of a sudden they were looking at Rogier as their main point guard. And it's, yeah. so you got to be really careful with that. And he does tend to go down in moments like 
the whole month of April. (laughs) You know, I mean, really and truly, or the whole playoffs the rest of the year, whatever the case may be. So I think the depth there is really, really important. Um, But I do think that he's going to do something. He's going to have to do something because at this point, Toronto is a much better team. Yeah. Are you trying to package a couple players for a superstar? Maybe. Depends on what the superstar is. Yeah. Bring in Anthony Davis, absolutely. They, uh, man, so that's another, that's something that, are we going to get to that? Because we yeah. have, now they didn't play on Christmas, but. Um, talk about right now. Who cares? We got to talk about Anthony Davis. Um, yeah. He can't go to Boston because he's what's called a tier two player. And Kyrie is also a tier two player. Oh. And according to. Okay. Yeah, that's right. The Rose rule. You can only have one tier two player, which a tier two player is you have met these certain uh, accolades such as NBA All-Star or lead the league in scoring or something like that so many years in a row that you're able to get a max deal from your either your bird rights um, or from being a tier two player or a tier one player previously. Right. Um, So the Pelicans have his bird rights. So they were able to make him a tier two and because he uh, had so so many um, All-Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyrie's a tier two as well. Boston made him a tier two player um, because he had an all-star with them um, prior to signing a deal. Um, they can only have one. So they can't actually trade like, cause that was something that I talked to somebody else about was, should they be, should they be shopping AD for, I'm trying to get rid of AD for anything. And I'm looking at Boston saying, Hey, you're going to give me Jason Tatum or uh, um, Jalen Brown. Yeah. And he said, you can't dude, you can't until um, next next season then he has to go um free agency mm, so they yeah. can't they can't get him before the end of the season boston okay. can't gotcha i don't think i realized that um it's a super weird rule and a super obscure rule yeah i'm sh- yeah because it doesn't come into play very often no it doesn't but is it so is are the pelicans doing this whole thing that the kings did with boogie and, and are they just going to wait too long to trade him or something and then trade him for peanuts later i can't imagine that they believe that they, there's any way that he's coming back no one, no so. one in the world believes that he's coming back, right? Yeah, I don't think so either. But I mean, it, they can pay him the most money. He has done everything but say, come out and say, "I'm not coming back." He's come out and said, "I don't care about money. I, I want to go and I want to go win championships." That's fair. He's come out and said, "I want to leave a legacy." Yeah. So he's done everything except for say, "I'm not coming back to New Orleans." Yeah. You guys better trade me. So in that case, then ship, <clears throat> ship. Uh, Boston needs to ship somebody out of town, collect what they can there, and just wait to sign him in free agency because I think they'll have a good chance to do it at that point. Yeah. But, I mean, there are going to be other teams that are going to be in that hunt too, which we can get to that a little bit later because that's, that's going to be a wild. Free agency is going to be fun this year, but that's going to be a wild story to follow in general when he becomes a free agent. Uh, but he'll still be restricted after this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, no, he's not, he's unrestricted. Okay. Anthony Davis? Yeah, he's unrestricted. That's why it's such a big deal, because otherwise they could just right. match any offer that's made to him. Yeah, but I mean, it's one of those things, can't they? <laughs> yeah, you know. Sure. But uh, anyway, so it's... Would you trade Kyrie for him? They could trade Kyrie for him. They could. I, I just don't know... I don't know if that really solves a problem. I don't know. Anthony Davis almost always solves a problem, though, so it's hard to, hard to balk at that. You know, you almost have to move Gordon Hayward in that deal, too, somehow. Yeah, so my thing with the Kyrie is um, Anthony Davis is far and away a better player than Kyrie. Like, it's not – they're not even on the same level um, to me. But it's a one-year for Anthony Davis. You would be doing a rental. Well, right, and and also given the way that that team is constructed, I think that that, that's my bigger concern. It's not a matter of whether Kyrie's better or not. That's definitely not the case here. Yeah. 
But yeah, man. So, uh, what other Chris? So Christmas Day game notes. Lakers Warriors was an absolute blowout. They Vegas gave the Lakers nine points. I told Kyle, I was like, "That's astounding! I can't believe that they're counting out LeBron like that." And it didn't even end up mattering. They just overpowered the hell out of them. Yeah, that um, dude. I, the it's both scary and heartening to me is that there is obviously something wrong with the Warriors, and they're still in first place. Right. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. There's something wrong with them for sure, and it's um, like Steve Kerr came out and said. I think you guys talked about this. Um, Steve Kerr came out and said, uh, "We're not moving the ball, enough, or yeah. we're not mm-hmm. moving the ball enough." And Kevin Durant came out and said, "We are moving the ball too much," you know. And it's yeah. like nobody's on the same page. Nobody's on the same page. That's very yeah. true. So I, there's something definitely wrong with the Warriors, and this is the time of the year where they look beatable. They looked beatable last year, and I hope that it doesn't t- turn out the same way as last year because I'd like to see somebody else win. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I mean, I'm with you. I. I think I think this is a good year for that to happen, but I was absolutely shocked by this this Lakers thing. I think oh, they caught him on an off day. It felt like a spot, and they caught him on an off day, even with LeBron being injured. Speaking of that, so I love that it's just pretty much a simple groin injury, and this is I mean basketball is basically over. The cancel the season's canceled in the yeah. you know in the eyes of the Lakers beat writers and whatnot. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So did he? It's just a groin injury that he said he heard it pop, but there's no tears or anything. Something like that, yeah. He's gonna be out like a couple of weeks. So I was reading medical reports in regards to that, and they said that a pop that would happen like that would be your tendon moving over a piece of bone and it snapping back into place. Yeah, and which is which is relatively common. I think that they're taking this to give him a little bit of rest. Yeah, I think so too. I could definitely see that. Yeah. So why wouldn't you? Even still, dude. Rondo came in. Did you see Rondo after Absolutely. LeBron left? He came in and looked like LeBron. Yeah, just took the whole damn game over. That's what Rondo does, though. He's always been that kind of guy. He's been quietly one of the better players in the league most years. You just don't, I don't know. You hear about Rondo for the wrong reasons. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. They say you hear about him because he's fighting with coaches, but they say that that's because he has such a good basketball mind that he doesn't believe a lot of the things that coaches say. Yep. And he was doing that on that. He was coaching coaching the kids on the um on the court, you know, who's pointing people to where they need to be. And they played really well. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, All right, let's dive into this all-star voting stuff because we were talking about that a little bit before the show. Um, Let's make some all-star picks. How about that? Yeah. All right. You want to start east or west? Let's start with the east. East? All right, you got me. No, I want you to start us off. Okay, so we can start guards. Um, so my top five are Kemba, Kyrie, Oladipo, and Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. Is that four or five? That's four. Mm-hmm. And then after that, dude, I, I think that the best player after that is it's probably Ben Simmons, maybe John Wall, but – my first, my starting two are Kemba and Kyrie. I don't think it's any type of any argument whatsoever. That's where I'm at. Deep over me is a close second. That's where I'm at too. Yeah, but I'm not, uh, not so much. I'd take probably Bradley Beal over Oladipo. I think. Would you? Yeah, I think so. Oladipo's transformed his game so much, though. Yeah, I'm mm. Bradley Beal. I can't on a team that's underperforming the way that they are. I can't. I can't give that guy a vote. In the same way that John Wall, I can't give him a vote on the on a team that's underperforming that way. 
Yeah, that's the whole like, does your team matter type thing though. I hate that argument. Yeah, it's if somebody's lighting the world on fire, the team shouldn't matter. But for those guys, if one of those two had was playing like Kemba or like Kyrie, it'd be different. But they're not. They're well, not quite on that tier. So to me, that means that I, I put Oladipo in over those two. To be fair, though, I mean, just because a player lights the world on fire, I mean, look at the Pelicans, for God's sakes. Hasn't made a damn bit of difference to them. Yeah, or look at Charlotte. Look at Kyrie, <laughs> Kemba, you know? Yeah. So I mean, they've got Frank yeah. Comiskey. How could they... How could they be missing? <laughs> Dude, that guy beat my Wildcats two years in a row in the Elite Eight. Hilarious. I hate his guts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got Kyrie and Kimba. I agree with that. Do you think Kimba's going to be moved? Did we talk about this already? Yeah, he's he has to be moved. He doesn't want to play there. Dude, Charlotte, people give the Nets a bad time. Charlotte might be the worst run organization in, in the league. The Nets haven't been around that long. Yeah. Charlotte's been around. Well, I've, they've got – the Hornets have Mitch Kupchak running things now, so that's helpful. Okay. Um, so, I mean, at least he knows what the hell he's doing because Jordan does not know. No, dude. And Jordan thinks that – Jordan's pissed off. I heard stories of Jordan going into practice and beating players. Yeah. I, <laughs> when he's 50. Like, you heard that's not first. how you win win championships. That's how you suck your own wiener, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. All like, he's doing is trying to make himself seem great. That he's shit got – that shit – you know, was okay back in the, the mid-90s and stuff whenever guys were a little bit, you know, a little thicker-skinned, I guess, is the best way to describe that. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of a mess, though, overall. They got rid of Steve Clifford, and I don't think that was their biggest problem, though, ultimately. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's look at front court here. Front court. So Giannis is obviously the first one, right? Yeah, he's my number one. He's my MVP. Okay. What else you got? Um, so the big names are, I think it is a lock for Giannis, Joel, Joel and Kawhi, right? That's, There's no one else. That's where my head's kind of at. Vucevic has had a pretty good year too, but I don't see myself picking him over either Embiid or Kawhi. I couldn't, I don't think. No, you couldn't. And Blake, Blake has too. And so is Drummond, but I, you can't, you can't put any of those guys. Those, those three guys are MVP candidates. How many games did Jimmy Butler play in Minnesota before he left? It wasn't many, right? Mm-mm. It was 15. Okay. Because, I mean, he's still up there probably in the conversation, even though, yeah, but he's still, I mean, his numbers, like his assist number is tied with Joel Embiid. And Kawhi's is a little less, but then, Yeah. I would put I would put Drummond in over Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I just feel like the thing about Drummond is his his season, and, and I guess this doesn't matter. I guess for the All Star like picks specifically, but it feels to me like his season is always a tale of two halves, and that second half is never that great. He, uh, I feel like his season is a tale of nobody watching him. He well, last year we I was mad because Robert Covington beat him up beat beat him out when he was leading the league in defensive efficiency. And um, there was another one. I think it was blocks. And he had he averaged like 15 rebounds last year. Yeah. Nobody nobody pays attention to him for some reason. Um, I would, dude, I would take him over any big in this, in, on the East, besides Embiid. Yeah. You think even, hmm. yeah. I, I would take him, that. I would 100% take him over Blake. Okay, that's interesting. If you if you had other scoring, obviously Blake's obviously a better scorer. Blake's averaging twenty five points a game, but Drummond's just 
a monster defensively, and he's averaging 15 rebounds a game. He led the league in rebounds last year. He's doing it again this year. Good Lord. How, yeah, see, these are the things that are, like, so little talked about. Probably, I guess it's just because he plays in Detroit, right? Yeah, he's also not flashy. Yeah, that's true. He's kind of like an older school big. Yeah, in, he is. In he is. And, we, and it's hard to, like, you can't – so the – the old school bigs that should be playing old school bigs are Embiid. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is back to the basket bigs. Yep. Embiid, Anthony Davis, Drummond, and Carlton Towns are probably the only four that I can think of. Maybe LaMarcus Aldridge that should have their bas- back to the basket for multiple times a game. V- Vucevic, but nobody really pays attention to him because he's playing for Orlando. Yeah, and that uh, you, that used to be uh, – DeAndre used to fall in that camp, but the way he's transformed his game into more of a board crasher, I don't think so. Yeah, he doesn't. He never really had much of a post up game, but he's just yeah. You're exactly right in that he just got rebounds and then putbacks. You know, yeah. Which, so it wasn't like you had had the ability to shoot left or right hooks or drop steps or anything like that. He had a drop step, but that's about it. Hell, he couldn't even get his free throw shooting right for a long ass time. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't expect him to be putting those putbacks in there. But yeah, man, yeah. I, I think I agree. I think I agree with that. Vucevic has made a really good case for himself. I'll tell you one thing, man. He's made himself. Some did he resign with? He just resigned with Denver, right? Okay. Orlando, yeah, or, or Orlando. That's what I meant. Uh, I always get him and uh, Nurkic mixed up, and yeah, dude, Jokic, and I get all those guys mixed up. <laughs> but um, he uh, he Jeff's. Are you sure he's going to be? I think he's a free agent this year. He just resigned. Uh, let's see. I'm very bad at falling Orlando. I don't think anybody's good at falling Orlando. To be fair. I think we There's all not really him. much reason that Aaron Gordon's the only reason out there. I think we all fall in that category, though. <laughs> see his see. contract right now. Yeah. I think they might have locked him up after last year. I think you might be right. Uh, actually, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. Okay, my so bad. he so they must fault. have taken his his player option last year in is what it was then. So, yeah. regardless, he's making himself some money for next year, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, um, there's some dude. There's so much money floating around the league. It's like somebody's gonna pay one of these guys, you know. So if you're Dallas, say, do you go with three more no. years of DeAndre, or do you go Vucevic? Yeah, I wouldn't go Vucevic. I wouldn't either. I think DeAndre works really well in Rick's system. Yeah, you need to. So they're gonna have all the scoring that they need, and between um, Luca, mm-hmm. and then it. Talk to me about your DSJ guy. We'll talk about that in a we'll minute. Talk about that in a second, but yeah. that was something I was gonna tell you about. I leave for one week, and we put out a podcast named. Jokic MVP and all you guys do is talk about Mavericks and football. <laughs> <laughs> I think we brought up Jokic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we brought um, that up at least. <laughs> sure, but uh, no, man. I I wouldn't. I think that if you keep, so you're for sure going to keep Doncic. If you keep DSJ, I think you'll be set on scoring for the rest of for as long as you need to be. Right. Yeah. Um. So I don't think that you go out there and you get a scoring big. I think no. that you need to go out there and get a defending, rebounding big. Yeah. Just, I mean, they've always been, we talked about this last episode, they've always been the most successful with Rick Carlisle whenever they've had a crashing big man like Tyson Chandler or yeah. Andre Jordan in this case. So they won that championship. Exactly. And even Zaza to an extent because he wasn't a, a board crasher, but he was that big body presence that they needed at the time. So big enforcer, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they definitely... Mix it. But yeah, man, so I wrote that blog this week, too, because I've heard so much talk about trading DSJ, and I don't really understand why. I mean, he's been hurt for the past, like, 10 games, I want to say now, wrist injury, something pretty, you know, menial and something he'll be back from. I just don't understand why everybody thinks that he should be developed already as quickly as Luka does. Well, 
Any, I, I would, I should say everybody. I, I should say more uh, those that don't really necessarily know what they're looking at. It's second year, right? Like, and and they talk about the sophomore slump, slump all the time in the NFL and for quarterbacks. They don't really talk about it in the NBA, but there, it is a real thing. Yes, and more than that, I don't even really know if he's slumping. He's just not progressing at the rate that Luca is. But that's there's nothing wrong with that. This is a rebuild. It takes time. It's not like you just be bad for two years and all of a sudden you're good again. Like they're very fortunate that Luke is already working out as well as he is, but I still don't think that that's any reason to just throw the towel in for DSJ. If you do that, what do you trade? Like what do you get there? So you're probably looking at trading him to a rebuilding team who's going to protect the first round pick if you're going to try to get that for him. So you're probably mm-hmm. not going to get that for him. So you're probably looking at like a low first round and like a, a role player or something. They don't need that. Why yeah. wouldn't you just keep rolling with this guy and see if he works out? He may not, but his value is so low right now. It's it's rare that you can get a superstar for someone that's un, um, untested, right. right? And I don't know that DSJ's outside of Dallas. I don't know that he has a really big like a really big following or any type of high trade value. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. I don't know where he, he would go. It's you, not like he's Tatum or he's like even he's it's, he's not even Lonzo right now, you know. Yeah. Lonzo's been playing out of his mind lately, by the way. He really has. Um, he's been accentuated by LeBron a little bit more. It's almost like LeBron's yielding to him just a little bit more to help him develop his game. Yeah, I saw. Did you see the um the video of LeBron talking to his kid? Uh, no, I think I missed that. Oh, so his his kid he went to a uh to his kid's basketball game and his kid was like crying after the game. And because he missed a couple of shots during the game that should have that he should have hit. Sure. And he said, Hey, you made three of the biggest plays in this game. One, you got an offensive rebound and a putback when you got you guys were down four. Two, you got a rebound and a kick out to somebody that uh ignited a fast break and put you guys tied. And then you pass it to Bryce. Um and he knew he knew the name of some other kid in this kid's league, which is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Um that guy never ceases to surprise me, but he passed it to Bryce for a big shot or something like that. Mm-hmm. And somebody commented on there and, and said, that's the same uh, speech that he gives Alonzo after every game. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, dude, yeah, he's he's blooming with LeBron because he needs that type of player that can say that says, you're doing the right thing by making the right decision. You don't need to score 50 points a game. You just need to make the right decisions in the moment, you know? And he never has had that. Yeah, no, that's very, very true. He's never had anybody that's, like, really, really mentored him. I think that's, I think that's a really good point. Yeah, his dad's more of a hype man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we've seen. You know, yeah. So yeah. we've seen. I but like had, Lamar. Yeah. To his to his uh to his argument, he has shut up recently. Or somebody just stopped paying attention to him. I don't know what, what happened. But Le- LeBron and Magic probably got in a room and said this shit's gonna stop. Probably. It's gonna stop real real quick. Probably. But I mean, Imagine I haven't heard anything about big. Aids. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sorry, too far. My bad. Maybe maybe a little bit. Uh, I haven't heard anything like um, about Big Baller or anything like that, though, which is really no. interesting. Not a thing. But I haven't I, either. I also think that LeVar, whenever all that was going down, probably intended on his kid being a little bit more of a superstar right out of the gate, more like yeah. a Luca pace type of thing, and that hasn't really happened, and he's just going to take some time to grow. Like yeah. that, that was never an argument of whether it was going to take him some time. Once again, sure. here we are having this exact same conversation about giving people a second to freaking grow. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And that's like... That brand will take care of itself. If they're worried about that, just make just Lonzo worry about your game, and that brand will take care of itself. Which Correct. I don't think Lonzo has ever done anything but worry about his game. I think he's a good kid. I think so too. 
I, but I mean, what are you going to do about your own dad? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like getting all in your shit. What are you going to do about it? Right. Well, I mean, I know what you and I would do about it, but that's different. <laughs> <laughs> different for a 19 year old. Yeah. We'll, we'll, t- <laughs> we'll tell him to go straight to hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So I, I've been flabbergasted by that talk this week. It's been really, really, it's been rampant. It seems like Mark Stein, who's usually really good, like I, I feel like he's pretty reliable. He's not like Woj level or anything like that, but he's he's a pretty decent NBA writer. And he like said that the consensus of among GMs is that they will move him. And I don't. I the only thing that that strikes me as odd is how they would get that impression. Unless Dallas put that out there pur- purposely, which I could see yeah. doing that too. Dude, I don't know. Um, these these rumor mills are getting to be ridiculous. Like, have you? So, I Woj fr- first frustrated me when he first started naming off the draft pick before. Uh, yep. um, what's his face? Uh, God, I can't, Adam Silver would name him off, but he. You, you need to look up Adrian Wojnarowski's blast pieces on LeBron. Mm-hmm. He hates LeBron James because he has nobody in his camp and he can't come out and say anything about him. Yep. Every time there's something about LeBron, it's somebody else that's that's dropping it. Mm-hmm. It's never Woj. And Woj writes these blast pieces on him. But, dude, the, the rumor mill in the NBA is getting to be like a, like a locker room, dude. It's getting to be ridiculous. Yeah. But imagine if, like, you, Kyle, and I ran a front office, the shit that we'd just be floating out there in, like, <laughs> October. Yep. <laughs> That'd be very nice. I would not mind running a front office. Yeah, we'll, we'll – we're working on it. It's one step at a time, you know? I think it all starts with a podcast, though. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. We don't know that it doesn't. Right. You know, but I mean... Sure, you can only, you can only like, do what you got to do and then see what happens. Right, exactly. And to be fair, I mean, it's not like we're the ones that have had burner accounts, but, you know, NBA yeah. GMs seem to. So, you know, it's a little Brian Colangelo joke for you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't forget. <laughs> we do not. Uh, what else forever. is far? Okay, so we got to finish the Western Conference now. Okay. So backcourt, backcourt, you go. This is where it's interesting. I think I have James Harden and Steph Curry. Tell me more. Russ is not having a good year. Um, Russ is that dude. The, well, for Russ, I'm about to. Russ is averaging a triple double, and I'm about to say that he's not going to start again in the in the uh, in the All Star game. You think so? Yeah, I think it's I think it's Harden and Curry. It's got to be Harden and Curry for sure. Does uh Dame's not having does a Lillard game. does Lillard get yeah. um get snubbed again? Probably. How do you snub James Harden or Steph? Yeah, or Russ. I mean, Russ. at the end of the day, like he's shooting sixty one percent from the field and forty two or sixty one percent from the free throw line of thirty one percent from the three-point line but he's still averaging a triple double right I, I you can't snub that no, right you really can't I, man it's such a waste for him to be on that portland team they just don't seem to be able to ever get it together for whatever reason and do you pick do you take in clay over dam mm, or demar or devin not, booker not demar clay um no you probably t- you probably still take Dame over Clay Booker. Yeah, you, you probably still take Dame there. His numbers are better. Yeah, so so Dame's gonna go. Clay's gonna get snubbed this year. Yeah, and I, I don't think that there's any problem with that. Uh, if you gave me, I mean, 
numbers wise, no. But if you gave me the choice between Clay and Damian Lillard, I don't know, man. I might take Clay. Okay. I also have a much bigger affinity than to Clay than most people do, just because I see what he does defensively. You know. Yeah. Um. But I might take Clay over okay. over Dan. Chris Paul's not going this year. I don't think Damian Lillard's going to get snubbed this year. Um, Chris Paul's not going. Um, Dame doesn't deserve to be snubbed. No. How many how many guards do they actually take? I don't know. A good amount. He's not going to get snubbed though. Yeah. Front court. What do you got? Uh, who's your backcourt? Did you take you take Harden and Curry? Yeah. All right. Front court. Anthony Davis. Yep. Um, LeBron. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you got to I mean, you got to take Anthony Davis, LeBron, and KD. I don't think there's any arguing it, right? Yeah, the only argument that I could possibly make would be Paul George. Paul George for LeBron. I, dude, I can't. No, nah, never mind. I, no. You can't make that argument. It would um, have to be like Paul George for Kevin Durant. And even then, you can't do that. Yeah. So, and it really stinks because this is a Paul George is setting career highs and everything. He's averaging 26 points a game. We're about to snub him from the starting lineup, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, God damn it. And the dude, thing is, and of course, Carl Anthony Towns is going to be just underneath the, the mark. And as far as starters go, and it just, there's no good attention that can be paid to that guy, I swear. Dude, that poor guy, dude, I, I've watched two or three of his games in the past uh, past week. He doesn't get touches. No. They don't pass on the ball. They're giving all his touches to Wiggins. Right. I would get that dude, if he was on my team, I would say, you're going to get at least 25 post touches. A game. Yeah. Offense runs through him, period. Yeah. Yeah. Offense runs through him. I'm getting the ball to him at least 25 times a game in the post because he's so normally the way that you fight against a big post player that has a great back to the basket game like that is you just shove their ass out of the paint. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. He'll step out there and catch the ball in the three point line and drill a three. Mm-hmm. You know, so. It's just like you that guy is the most underutilized star, I think, in the league for sure now, but he would be getting twenty five to thirty touches a game from me. I didn't realize that Clint Capella's averaging like seventeen points a game. Yeah, it's on it's pretty, they're all on lobs. Pretty damn good. Seventeen lobs a game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um Jokic is having a good year. Man, I mean the it's all this is always a tough a tough thing to look at, but I mean, I don't, I don't think you can really argue with Anthony Davis, LeBron and KD other than maybe KD for Paul George, but I still don't love that. Yeah. Um, Paul George averages more steals than KD. Mm, true. He averages more blocks too. Um, I'll double check that, but uh, Jokic is averaging more assists than LeBron right now. Yeah. That's not surprising though, given that's, how their <laughs> offense. Goes. All right. Yeah. That's pretty crazy still. I mean, it's surprising to me. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that's not LeBron's big thing is assist usually though, right? I mean, he's he's known for being a 27-7 guy or 27-7 and 7 guy. Yeah. Yeah. So but I think I mean, man, there there are a lot of good cases to be made here. I mean, Tobias Harris has been quietly pretty okay. Yeah, he's a scorer. Yeah. He doesn't do much more than that. No, he really doesn't. I mean, averaging 6 boards a game not bad. Yeah, Paul George is averaging more steals and blocks than KD. Well, pretty good. So, so I think I could make the argument of Paul George there over KD. Yeah, maybe. I think that if you did, like, if you if you voted him in, it everybody would go crazy. 
to be like, the only reason why Kevin Durant's not doing it is because he's on the Warriors, you know? So it's everybody would go crazy. It's obvious that Kevin Durant is obviously the better player between the two. Yep. But Paul George is having a better year. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But, and I, I mean, we talked about this earlier too, though. Like, we have seen a lot of instances where it doesn't feel like the players and coaching staff at Golden State are on the same page. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, man. Well, that sounds like we are going to wrap things up. We will be back next week. Uh, probably just you and I again, unless Kyle is able to to surface. But uh, always fun talking basketball, man. Can't wait. Uh, can't wait till we got more stuff coming up. We got the trade deadline like just over a month away. That is going to be a blast to really do shows as we go in towards. For sure. So, I right, man. Appreciate it. See you, buddy.